0: I'm Marianne Kolbisak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Susan Lucci, Senior Privacy and Security Consultant at Consultancy TW Security. Susan will be discussing some of the health data breach trends that she's seeing, especially when the incidents involve business associates. So Susan, what are some of the changing trends that you're seeing when it comes to the kinds of health data breaches healthcare entities and business associates are experiencing?
1: Well, I've looked back over the last couple of years, and as you probably know, I I track this quarterly, and I, I try to pay attention to the trends. And over the last couple of years, really just 2016 through current date, we've had 161 of the very large breaches that have been experienced by business associates. And as you might expect, hacking is a big number on that list. In fact, 71% of those business associate breaches are due to hacking. That represents over 4 million patients involved. So certainly hacking is right up there on, and should be on everyone's radar. But surprisingly, What I have been tracking over a long period of time now is unauthorized access is the leading cause of business associate breaches. And so that raises some very significant concerns as as we look forward into the future learning from what has happened in the past. So,
0: Susan, when you start digging into some of these breaches, whether it's hacking breaches, unauthorized access, and disclosure, what are some of the key things that organizations are doing wrong that lead to these incidents?
1: I really think that it's maybe not so much that they're doing something wrong as much as maybe they're not putting enough focus on certain areas. So when you take this macro look at what the breaches are and how they're happening, it helps you figure out that clearly there needs to be some more education, some more training, maybe some more policies tightened up in the area of like to prevent hacking, for example. The main way the bad guys get in is through phishing attacks. They get in. Then they hang out for a while and then they take your data and do whatever they do with it. On unauthorized access, that could be an issue of not auditing and monitoring access as often as you should. So in an area like that, that's something where you may want to look at policies and then again, education and really just kind of reminding people of what the policies are, what they say, and how you can bring better awareness to this issue.
0: Now, when it comes to breaches that are involving business associates, are there certain mistakes that covered entities are making when they're dealing with their business associates or experiencing these breaches with their
1: business associates? One thing that comes to my mind that I have seen because I've worked on both sides of the aisle, if you will. I've worked as a covered entity and I've worked as a business associate. I don't think the relationship is as strong as it could be between covered entities and business associates. After all, really, a business associate should be viewed as an extension of your workforce. In other words, they're fulfilling Certain roles and doing tasks that need to be done in the big delivery of healthcare. But I think what happens is, you know, this is handled through contracting and possibly the privacy officers aren't really involved in it other than when it's time to log in the new business associate agreement. I would like to see there be better relationship building, know who the privacy officer and the information security officer is on the business associate side. And I think that also we could do a better job of vetting our business associates to be sure that they really do have a solid HIPAA compliance program already well-established.
0: So now, Susan, there's been some efforts recently by large healthcare organizations to pressure their vendors to adopt certain cybersecurity practices and also a specific security framework. When it comes to small and mid-sized healthcare entities, Generally, how much leverage do these covered entities have in terms of making specific security demands on their BAs, and how hard is it to enforce that?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because it can't be a one-size-fits-all. Certainly, the larger business associates can afford to go down these rigorous prescriptive steps in terms of security compliance. But smaller organizations simply don't have the ability to do that. And then the other side of that, as you said, how hard is it to enforce? I'm not sure that there's enough of the checks and balances going on in the first place. And I think that that is, once again, where this relationship building and some ongoing dialogue would help to ensure that Whether it's a large organization that is going to be asked to be very specific in how they could comply or a very small organization and making sure that for their size, they are as compliant as they can be within the bounds of their workforce.
0: Now, Susan, what about insider breaches involving incidents where employees are authorized to access patient data, but they access far more information than they need for their jobs and potentially misuse this information? What are some of the technologies and best practices that organizations are missing or skipping over to help prevent these kinds of incidents, both at CE and BA organizations?
1: Again, I think this is one of the surprises in in looking at business associate breaches, and certainly it's happening on the covered entity side as well. And unauthorized access is, right now, really one of the largest issues when it comes to these large breaches of involving 500 patients or more. So I think that what has to happen is... Organizations need to be methodical about performing the audits on access. And this, this is not just a retrospective audit on who's accessing what records, but also making sure that when employees are terminated, that their access is removed immediately. And we're, we're finding out that sometimes these things are not being done routinely, and it's where you can have the most impact if you stay on top of it because you can find out who's accessing what, what their motive was. Is it willful intent that's going to you know, be a serious issue, or they're just curious, or they're concerned about a friend or a neighbor or a coworker. in any event, it is not allowed. Policies need to be tightened up, but it can't happen if you don't know what's going on in your organization.
0: Are there any particular technology tools that can help with this in terms of making sure that employees are only accessing what they should be looking at as opposed to you know, accessing a full record, for instance?
1: Yes, and there are some tools out there that do that. There are a few that come to mind, and I don't know if I can name names, but what I will say is it's important to understand that there are tools that you can use, but if you don't have access to them, get your list of routine audits that you want to conduct, like your celebrities, uh, your VIPs, coworkers, address radiuses, key people in the community that might be a high target, and make sure that you're doing those. And if you discover that there is an appropriate access, go to your policies, work with HR, and apply the sanctions according to your sanction policy uniformly across the board so that you can get this practice to come in check. Because right now, when you look at the numbers, it really seems like it's getting away from a lot of organizations.
0: And finally, Susan, as we look out to 2019, what are your top suggestions for business associates and covered entities when it comes to improving their breach prevention efforts next year?
1: Well, one thing that I would say is that you need to first start with your business associate agreement and take a look at that. Be sure that it's an updated BAA, that it includes all the required headings and sections to protect your organization. Next, I think it's critically important to build the relationship with the business associate. Be sure that you're reaching out to them. Find out who they are. Use a good vetting form so that you can feel very confident that you obtained reasonable assurances beyond just the BAA. And then I think finally, I think we all need to take a look at our educational materials because one of the things that I hear often is that HIPAA training the annual renewal of HIPAA training is just the same program year after year after year after year. Things are changing. Dynamics are changing. Hacking and phishing has become rampant. And I think that we owe it to ourselves and to our organizations and our employees to update our training materials focus on what's happening today because basic HIPAA training doesn't cover all those things with the emphasis that it should. So it's really a combination of several things that would help organizations avoid some of these pitfalls.
0: Thanks, Susan. I've been speaking to Susan Lucci. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.